G'day everyone. Thanks for choosing to uh, join with us in our online community right here at Bendigo Baptist Church. Uh, it's an absolute delight to be able to worship our Lord and Saviour on the back end of a, of a great Christmas season. I trust Christmas and all that it's meant for you has been wonderful for you and your family. Yeah, this past week, I found myself reflecting for just a few moments on some plans and preparations that went into uh, my wedding with Julie back in 1994. With family and a few close friends traveling from literally Australia to the other side of the globe, the weeks and months that led up to this special day were filled with uh, scheduling, organizing and preparing to ensure that the wedding of the 90s went off without a hitch. You know, so much preparation had gone into uh, this single moment, this grand occasion that Julie and I both knew would forever change our lives. You know, as I thought about our wedding and all that surrounded that, I couldn't help but think this week about some of the plans and the preparations that uh, had gone into or had led up to the birth of Jesus. You know, just imagine for a moment the various conversations that possibly Joseph and Mary had together as they began to think about uh, all that was about to transpire in their lives. You know, beginning with, uh, there were decisions that had to be made about how they were going to announce this special news. You might call it a grand reveal to their family and their friends. And then what about their wedding? Uh, plans had to be made around what they would do about that and now where they were going to choose to live as a couple. Well, they say that the best laid plans of men and women often go awry and it wasn't any different for both Joseph and Mary. I mean, after all, they weren't thinking about a Roman census that suddenly had been sprung on them that required them to leave Nazareth in the, in the latter part of Mary's pregnancy and to rush off to register in the census at Bethlehem. Well, it was incredibly inconvenient, but a quick road trip was planned. Uh, but we're told in the scriptures that while they were in Bethlehem, that the time came for the baby to be born. Well, it certainly wasn't what this couple were hoping or planning for, but the response of Mary in the Gospel of Luke is incredibly profound. In Luke chapter 2, verse 19, we're told that Mary responded in this way. She treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. In other words, in, in those moments after the birth or as she was resting right there in the stable, she spent time piecing together the puzzles, the, 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 the pieces of the Messiah puzzle that God had already just given to her or had been given to her over the past nine months. And what was her response? She mulled over them. She pondered them. She treasured them all up in her heart. It might seem like I'm stating the obvious right now, but I think the events that led up to and then surrounded the birth of uh, this child had clearly changed her life. Now, as you read the scriptures, it's obvious that Mary wasn't the only one who was changed that evening. See, immediately after the birth of this child, uh, God sent some angels out into some fields to meet with a group of Jewish shepherds who were watching their flocks by night. And here's what the angel said to them in that moment. In Luke chapter 2, verse 10, it says, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord's. Wow. I mean, talk about uh, what a way to break the monotony of the night of maybe just watching or even counting a few sheep uh, as a responsibility as a shepherd. 
Well, after the angels had returned to heaven, these shepherds must have trusted God to take care of their sheep because they looked at one another and said, you know what, why don't we go into Bethlehem and to see what has just been told to us? Well, as they made their way in, they they found this baby lying in the stanger, in, in the stable right there in the manger. And I think it's obvious that this baby must have changed their lives uh, because we're told that they immediately left the stable. In verse 17 of Luke chapter 2, they immediately left and they spread the word concerning what they had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. Mary was changed. Some shepherds were changed. And about 40 days later, there were a couple of individuals in the temple of Jerusalem who were also changed. See, when it was time for a purification offering, Mary and Joseph took their little newborn baby, Jesus, up uh, to the temple with the intent of presenting him to the Lord. And as they entered into the temple, they came across a man by the name of Simeon. A man whom the Gospel of Luke says had been eagerly awaiting for the Messiah to come and to rescue Israel. Now, we're not sure how long Simeon had been there in the temple, part of his role serving there in the temple. But on this occasion, the Gospel of Luke says that he had been moved by the Spirit to go back into the temple. In other words, uh, God was bringing together the lives of both Mary, Joseph and their little baby and Simeon all at the same time. And as Simeon was then presented with this child, he is suddenly moved by the spirits and he says these words. In verse 29 of Luke chapter 2, he says, Sovereign Lord, now let your servant die in peace as you have promised. I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared for all the people. He is a light to reveal God to the nations, and he is the glory of your people, Israel. Well, at that exact moment, as Simeon is praying these words, Luke tells of the woman called Anna. She was a prophetess, someone who lived right there in the temple. She happened to overhear everything that Simeon was saying to both Joseph and Mary. And suddenly she too begins praising God's. She says this in verse 38, she, uh, as she's praising God, uh, she begins to talk about this child to everyone who had been waiting patiently for God to rescue Jerusalem. Simeon and Anna, right there in that moment, they had been waiting patiently for years for a, uh, knowing that a rescuer was coming. They hadn't given up on hope and now suddenly the arrival of this child was good news of great joy that suddenly and profoundly changed their lives. Who else was changed by the arrival of this child? Well, as you study throughout the scriptures, you know, there were people, there are individuals, people after people that encountered this child and it changed them. But, you know, uh, I think about a moment some 30 years after the birth of Jesus, uh, where a group of men suddenly came face to face with him and it obviously changed their lives. This moment is captured in the Gospel of Mark. In Mark chapter 1, and it's recorded in this way, it says, As Jesus walked beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. When he had gone a little further, he saw James, son of Zebedee, and his brother John in a boat preparing their nets. Without delay, he called them. And they left their father Zebedee in the boat with the hired men and followed him. As he walked along, he saw Levi, son of Alphaeus, sitting at the tax collector's booth. Follow me, Jesus told him. And Levi got up and followed him. 
You know, every time I read that story, it just hits me in a, in a, in a different way. But just this past week, thinking about it, I found myself settling on the words, the two words at once. At once, and then without delay, we're told that they followed Jesus. Now, we've got to remember what these men were giving up as they, uh, as they responded or as they answered the, the call of Christ. You see, they were walking away from their livelihoods with no guarantee of financial security. Yet in that exact moment, they were trusting Jesus to provide for their needs and for the needs of their family. And they chose to follow him wherever he was going to lead. You know, I wonder about your life this Christmas as you move through and beyond another Christmas season. How has this baby, this newborn baby changed your life? Are you like the shepherds? eager to spread the good news about Jesus? Do you, maybe like Mary, treasure up all this uh, that was told about Jesus and, and ponder it in your heart? Or like Simeon Anna, do you find yourself praising God over the birth of Jesus? Or maybe like the disciples, are you willing to obediently follow Christ wherever uh, he might lead or call you? to go. You know, for those of us that follow Jesus, all these responses in one sense, I think have a valid place in our life. And, and I wonder what they might do for you. You know, as we move through and beyond another Christmas season, you know, what is it that your eyes are focused on as you move through and then begin to return to what maybe we, we deem to be the, the many routines of our lives? Are you keeping Jesus in plain sight or has he slipped somewhat into the periphery uh, of your life? You know, this has been a tough year for many of us. Uh, it's been a year without exception. And as most of us would know, sometimes it's often hard to follow someone that we might have lost sight of along the way. You know, while we may not have seen the, the glory of the angels in that night sky or, or this baby lying in the manger or this infant child being cradled in the arms of his mother, or the child being presented in the temple, or this child that would one day become a man who would teach and heal and calm storms before dying at the center of the greatest storm ever. What we do have is that we have spiritual eyes. With our spiritual eyes, you and I have seen him in different word pictures that have been preserved by him for us in the Bible. And it's with these eyes of faith that I think God would want us to see what we should become in the coming year as he continues to conform and to transform us into the image and the likeness of his son, Jesus. So as we enjoy the, this season of celebration, and maybe for you today, it's about rest and some relaxation. You see, it's my prayer that as we move into the coming week and into the coming year, that God would continue to transform and change each of our lives as we grow towards spiritual maturity in Christ. That's what God wants for our lives. You know, it's easy, I think, sometimes to get ourselves up for Christmas and to celebrate Christmas. And then we rest and we relax and, and then we move beyond this celebration back into the routine of maybe what we have been doing and so very quickly we lose a sense of the moment of the occasion as life begins to just kind of pull us back into what we just know to be just those regular rhythms of life. 
You see, as we move into 2022, we've got a great opportunity to reposition ourselves, to renew ourselves, to, to come at it in a different way. As we think about this child, this babe in the manger, that not only transformed the life of Mary and some shepherds, and then Anna and Simeon, and then some 30 years later, a group of men that spent three years walking with him. Jesus said that I have come that you might have life and that you might have it to the full. You know, after dying and, and then being resurrected and ascending back into the heaven, you know, the church of Jesus Christ was born. And, and as we read through the Acts of the Apostles, that countless lives of people were changed because of this baby. What about your life this Christmas? You know, what will this newborn baby uh, do in your life as you move into 2022? You know, it's my hope and my prayer that this child, this baby in the manger would continue to, to change all of our lives. Not just your life, but my life included as we continue to walk with him in every season of our lives. You see, for us, there is no greater shaper of our lives than for you and I uh, in terms of how we might respond to the gift of God's Son, Jesus Christ, this baby lying in the manger. Would you let him, as you move into this new year, begin, continue to do his great work of transforming your life? It's what I long for in my life. It's what I pray for, for our church family. And I trust that your life will be changed and that you'll have a great sense of the Spirit of God continuing to do some of His best work in your life as He conforms you into the image and the likeness of His Son, Jesus. May God bless you. May God keep you. May have a great sense of the Spirit of God at work in your life as we walk with Jesus into the coming year. Hey, would you join me as I pray? Heavenly Father, we want to just thank you again for the story of, that's wrapped up in this very first Christmas. And we thank you for some of the individuals that you have revealed to us through your word, people like Mary and some shepherds, uh, a couple, Anna and Simeon, and then even the response of the disciples some 30 years later as we watched how they responded to the gift of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we might be 2,000 years on, but we thank you that by your spirit, you continue to walk right alongside of us. You're in front of us, you're behind us, you're beside us. And we just thank you for your good and your perfect work in our lives as you continue to conform and transform us into the beautiful image of your son, Jesus. Lord, wherever we might find ourselves today, whether we feel like Jesus has slipped into the periphery or whether he's right there beside us, we, uh, we thank you that you are continuing to, to do your good work. And we ask that you would uh, we'd have a sense of that and that uh, our lives would be open to what you want to do as we look to you in this coming year. Father, we ask for a good sense of your blessing. We pray that we would be aware of your presence in all things. And we ask that your favour would fall upon us as we look to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.